0: great to see people in our church making their lives count. I'm so proud of our church. I believe we're really growing and God's got so much more. But um, I was thinking of what Mike shared last week and, uh, and I wonder how many of us are really um, working in this. I want to talk today about hiding your talent because I still believe there's people here that uh, need to be unlocked. They need to shift. We're going to influence the city and we need everybody. Already we're making a huge impact in some areas, but not enough. And uh, God wants to really unlock you and this church to extend his kingdom, particularly in this city. And last week, Mike really shared about what God expects. I don't know how many of you remember it. One is, he expects you to discover your unique giftings and strengths and to develop them. Isn't it exciting Beth Ann now, discovering her musical gifts and writing a song? But that's what God expects us all to discover what God has uniquely put in you and to bring it forth and cultivate it and let it be expressed and grow. And the second thing, he talked a lot about participators and spectators, but he wants you all, every one of us to be a participator. He doesn't want us to be a spectator. He wants us to be a participator in the mission of the church, which is actually a very big mission. It's to advance the kingdom of God. God has never changed in what he planned for man to do. Right back in Genesis um, Genesis 1.28, he made man. He made him in God's image. He made him with the ability to create, to dream, to, to do awesome things because we're God kind of people. And he said, okay, this is your mandate. One, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and uh, take dominion. That's our mandate for this city. We've got to spread our influence. He wants the church here about at least (laughs) 10,000. You know? If this city's 100,000, we should have at least 10% of it. You know, Indonesia, a Muslim nation. I mean, they've actually got a lot of Muslim um, uh, risk where they are up in Medan. But the church there is nearly 50,000. They're about to get a TV station, get on radio, and they're building stadiums in Indonesia, surrounded by Muslims. And here... You know, we're still too small. But God wants to shift us. He wants us to take this city, to let our influence be felt in this city. I think it's wonderful that God's already opening the way for us to be in the park. This is the year we've got to come out of our closet, come out of our hiding. This city you've got to know that Bay City's around, but more so that Jesus is alive. Yeah. Jesus is alive. <laughs> he still saves people. He still delivers people. He still heals people. And he wants to do that to every person in the city. So this is our mandate to, to get beyond the walls and take dominion over the violence in this city. I'm excited seeing the uncovering all the drugs. God's uncovering everything. Yes. He's uncovering drugs. He's uncovering the hidden works of darkness. He's already doing it. He says, now come on, Christians, get in there, clean the place up. You know, get in there and get these people delivered of their addictions, which causing them to drugs. They've only gone there because they don't know Jesus. If they knew Jesus, they wouldn't need that. So it's just an exciting time for our city to get out of here and to multiplying and and being productive, subduing and taking dominion over the spirit world for a start. It's got to start with us. Actually, you can't take dominion over the spirit world of the city if you've still got the devil lying in your own heart and telling you lots of fibs. And you're still wrapped up in unbelief. And this is why we're hiding. So I want to just look today at one of the kingdom parables because I want to live like this is true. I want to live like we've discovered our giftings, that God is still alive, and he wants to work through you. And, and so each one of us are living this sort of life. And I think coming into the church, we know that God's in the place. We know that people are catching on. I love talking to Vicki. She says, like, I've been away for two weeks and I missed it because they've already got on the flow of the river. God's already touching their life. They're already starting to take hold of what God says. And, and and coming alive I see the it's like a light comes on Many people We had a wonderful event yesterday With about 75 of the workers in the church But many of them I just see this year They've started serving And all of a sudden you see God's favour and life Coming around them They start to shine And it's because they've just started to serve And God does the rest They made a little decision And all of a sudden God just came around their life in a new dimension it's amazing how it works. But in um, Matthew 25, there's a, a few kingdom parables. Now, when I talk about the kingdom, I'm not talking about salvation. Because salvation, by responding to what Jesus Christ has done, by responding to the message that Doug brought, Jesus has paid our fine. By saying, thank you, Jesus. I thank you for what you did. I just respond and believe that truth. You get born again. That's salvation. Jesus did all the work. All we do is believe what he said And respond And step into A tremendous life Of blessing and light But there's not it's more besides That's the beginning The Bible says Unless a man's born again He can't even see the kingdom That's the doorway And it's only the doorway and I think some people Would almost like Be happy to die Thinking well I made it I got my ticket to heaven Now I can just wait till You know I live my life And then I'll step into the glory But actually The Bible says a lot about the kingdom, and he says, what you do with your life now makes a huge difference to how you're going to live in the next age. Now, this is a truth I want you to really get hold of. This is kingdom parable stuff. He's talking now in this parable that I've entrusted with everybody some giftings and some talents, and what you do with it is going to make a huge difference to your life in, the next, in, in heaven because it's according to our works what our reward is. Salvation was on his works but what we do with what he's given us is going to depend whether you're going to rule and reign and share creation with God or whether you're going to just be suffering great loss and remorse at what you didn't do that you could have done so this is a kingdom parable and it's in Matthew 25 verses 14 the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. The man's Jesus, and he's gone back to heaven. And he called his own servants. These are Christians he's talking to. This is parables for believers. And he gave unto his people his goods. Now, he's given unto every one of you a measure of his grace. He's given unto you giftings. He's given unto you tremendous things that he's put into your spirit. And, uh, and then he, he went, he, he's gone away. And he said... And then he got the five talents, I'm sorry, going back to, uh, gave his goods, and he didn't give it all evenly, which is, I think, you know, if we, in our socialist thinking, we think, well, everybody should get the same, that's only fair. But God actually doesn't treat people like that. Some are multi-gifted and talented, and much is required of them. Others have a lesser amount, others just have one talent. He unevenly distributes it, but that's God's prerogative, but that's how it is. He gave one five, he gave another two, and he gave another one, according to his several ability, and then he's left us to it. So, now, he that received the five, what did he do? He went and traded with it. He took some risks. He put his giftings to work. He stepped out. He said, aye, God's given me much. What can I do with this? What can I do with it, God? Give me some ideas. Tell me what I can do. And he started to step out and do things with what God had given him. Maybe he's like Wendy in school. God, I'm a Christian in the school. I've got to do something in the school. Tell me what, tell me what, and start doing something. That's how it happens. And um, so he got five, he traded, and he made five more. He that received two, he did the same thing. He maybe wasn't as talented as Wendy. Maybe he wasn't in a high school teaching. Maybe like Rob Bradbury, a, a pastry cook. You know? maybe a mother. Doesn't matter what you are. God's still giving you something. Just a love and a warmth for people. Just an ability to draw people Listen to people's stories Open up their hearts He's given everybody something And he said, okay, what are you going to do with that? So he gained two more And then he that received one Went and digged in the earth And hid the Lord's money Now, there was a day of reckoning After a long time, there is going to be a day When God is going to check out What we've done with what he gave us And the Lord of the Sentence came And he reckoned with him He opened the books and he had a look Okay, Anna, what did you do? Let me see. David, what did you do? Let me see. Janice, what did you do? Let me see. He actually is going to open the books and with every one of us, he's going to look at what you did with what he entrusted you with. And so he that had received five came and brought the other five and Lord, you gave me these five and look, I've got five more. And the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, so I'm going to make you ruler over many things. You know, we're created to rule. If you can rule over the kids' church now, goodness knows what you're going to rule over in the next age, Ali. Wow! Because you start now with something small. And God enlarges it. And you're going to have a great time. Come in, Ali. Come in and enjoy the Lord. I've got great things for you. You know, God wants to reward. He actually hasn't gathered his servants because he really wants to whip them. He's so looking forward to giving them more. It's like you've got a little boy, Kai, and he's got a push-along toy, but you can't wait to give him a bike so he can bike. And then when he gets bigger, you know, t- a two-wheeler bike, and then, oh, boy, you're getting a big boy now. You're getting so good. I'm going to help you in this, into your first car or motorbike, you know? He wants to be like that because he's a father, and he wants to bless. He really is wanting to look so that he can reward. That's in his heart. He, the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. So... And so he just, and then he got one that had the two talents. He came, Lord. I started off with two, and look, I've got two more. Exactly the same reward. It doesn't matter that the very talented one got five, and he only got two. He did the best with what he did. He put it to work, and he got exactly the same commendation from. Um, From the uh, from the father he said good and faithful servant You've been faithful of what I gave you So I'm going to make you ruler over many things You're going to grow in what you rule over Come in there's a tremendous party Celebration time I'm going to just let you come into things now That you've never even dreamed of And he which had received the one talent Came and I want us to have a fear of God If we're a one talent person That has hid our talent Because he came with the one talent And he said, Lord, I knew that you're a hard man. You reap where you hadn't sown, and you gather where you hadn't strewed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid the talent in the earth. And now here it is. I've given it back to you. And the Lord said, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I didn't sow and gather where I haven't. You should at least put my money to people that knew what to do with it. And then I would have got something back when I came. He said, take that talent off that lazy, wicked man and give it to Ali. She's going to make something better with it. Take it off the person. Now, this doesn't seem fair. He only got one in the first place, and he's taking it away. There's a lot of kingdom principles in this passage. He said, everyone that has, you got to get a lot more. Everyone that's put it to work, that's productive, you have got to grow and grow and grow and get a lot more. And you're going to have an abundance but to him that doesn't have anything, you're going to have taken away from you what you had. And you're going to be cast, that unprofitable servant, into outer darkness. It's actually not hell. It's actually separating from the party and the things that God has in the millennial reign for those that have been productive. And there's going to be great remorse. Weeping and gnashing of teeth here refers to an awareness of what they could have had but missed out on. They're going to be so upset that they they stayed in a place of hiding. So I'm going to talk today about this kingdom parable. And because God expects us to be productive He expects us to take risks He expects us to have initiatives And put things into practice He loves that. He's made us like that He loves it when you dream And get a, a Holy Ghost idea And in your heart Faith gets mixed up with the things He's just dropped into your spirit And you think, yeah, I can do that Sure we can do that So let's look at the, um, the, the five and the two talent person How did they respond to the great commission We've got exactly the same sort of thing I've given you now the Holy Ghost I've given you salvation I've given you the gospel I've given you talents Go and make disciples of all nations He's given the same thing to us Now the person The five and the two talent person Doesn't matter if you're multi-talented like Mike Or if you're a simple bod that just loves people It doesn't matter You've still got to do something with what he's given you And uh, what did he? how did he think? Now this is how a five and a two talent man think. For a start, they're so thankful for their salvation they say, God, in spite of all my sin and my shame and my brokenness, you still love me. You still make provision for all of that and say, that's not an issue anymore. I love you so much. I, I call you accepted. You're going to walk in love and I've got my grace and all I want you to do is to receive my grace and you'll be unlimited supply. All that you feel called to do, I'm going to provide the ability and the resources for you to do. And you say, thank you, Jesus. It's not all about me. It's actually about who I'm carrying. It's about your anointing. Remember Mike started off last week. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost. That's why he'd go about doing good. It's the same with us. It's the same Holy Ghost he's anointed us with. And then we can go about doing good. See, it's, it's believing these truths. It's responding to them. It's acting like they're true. It's putting faith in what God says. It's stepping out saying, Lord, if you've called me to do that, if you've opened that prison to me, I know when I go in there, you'll give me a message. You'll give me the flow of healing when I pray for that person. Because your word says when I lay hands on them, they'll be healed. And when I start commanding those spirits, I know those spirits are going to come out. Because your word says that. And I agree with that. And you start living like that. That's all it takes. It's just believing and thinking right. And God will use each one of you. He'll open doors. He'll give you opportunities. And um, all he wants you to do is to believe it and act on it and respond to it. And just know that God loves people. He loves Hastings. He loves those drug addicts in Hastings. He wants to touch them. If you believe that, he really wants to touch the city. He wants to use you to do it. Because that's how he's, he's um, designed it. That we'll be his ambassadors, we'll be his arms, we'll be his hands, we'll be his eyes. He'll use our voice and work through us to reach the city. If we just agree with that, you'll come at the end of this season and you'll be productive and God will get the glory and you'll enter into great reward. In fact, there's a principle in the kingdom. If you set your life around putting God's interests first, if you seek first his interest, that means it's your first priority. Now to do that takes a change because I has to die. (laughs) If you're going to put God's things first, something in you has to die. And that's why if you don't think right, you think wrong about these things. It's not fair that I should die to what I've always wanted to do in my life. Well, you actually don't think right because you don't understand that by dying, you're actually opening the door to a, a whole blessing of God. But you've got to pay the price You've got to do what God says to do And so all these things he asks us to do That seem hard Are actually just doorways into blessing See giving You think oh that's hard All this money I've earned this week And I've had a big car bill and Now I've got to give That's hard That's thinking wrong If you think I'm a kingdom person All my finances are under the kingdom of God I'm going to honour God today And I love him so much I'm going to give more then you're a five-and-a-two-talent man. But otherwise, you're a person that doesn't think right. You're not putting God's interest first. You're still buried it into the flesh, which is your own thinking. So, um, but what's more, um, he said, all things will be added to you. Now, some of you are starting to discover this you're starting to serve, and you're finding, hey, I'm finding friends, I'm finding value, I'm finding life, and actually things are changing around my world, my my kids are starting to come to church with me, and they're getting saved, and you actually tap into a principle called kingdom addition, because the Bible says if you put his interests first, without even thinking about it, he'll actually, all things will be added to you. It's wonderful. All you've got to do is put his things first. And look look at, you know, you get couples, they come into business, they come into favor, they come into blessing. I mean, I found this this year, I just felt the Lord say to me, give sacrificially to the big project that Kong He's doing. Sell your car, that'll cost you, it'll make you feel the pain a wee bit, and give it to City Harvest. So I've learned to say, yes, Lord, so I sold my car, and I had the money in my purse, and we're at Singapore, and that morning I was going to say, I joyfully give you this money for your huge building project, because you're going to go right to the marketplace. Now, the amazing addition that came with it, before I'd even got left the country to give my money, my son said, I can't sell my car. Do you want it? I said, yep, give it to me. <laughs> I need a car. He said, oh, well, I'll ship it over and just pick it up from Wellington. So the car was provided immediately. And in the morning, I had it to give to Kong He. A pastor we hadn't seen for 10 years rung us up and said, I'd like to meet you guys. And we heard that he lost his sister. So he said, oh, you know, maybe he needs prayer. We'll squeeze time. We had three services that day, but we squeezed breakfast. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to shout us a 12-day cruise next year. Wow. We weren't even looking for it. But he wants to take us on a 12-day cruise. So, I mean, this is kingdom edition. This is how it works. And you're not even looking for it. He overcomes you with blessings. And that's what it's like when you put his interests first. Favor will come. Blessings will come. And it it, it comes not because you you think, it's not fair, I'll pay my time, I should get it. It's because you're lost in sowing your life into doing what God says to do. Your first priority is to bless a man you think has lost a sister, but actually he's about to bless you and you did not even know it. This is kingdom living. But, see, the other thing is something that we've got to be aware of. Because there's the other person here who is a one-talent person. And I think there's still some like this in hiding. And let's see what he said. He said, I dig it in the earth. Now, earth speaks of flesh. Speaks of carnal thinking. In fact, I was think of that picture with the um, Gideon's army. They had the tremendous lantern and an earthen pitcher. And they had to smash that earthen pitcher to let the light of God come out. But this man he was still hidden in earth or fleshly thinking and and reasonings and so he hid it he buried it and um, so this is introspective people you actually start turning in on yourself and um, and the things that god's done in your life are not apparent because you've actually all just turned in on yourself now why does this happen well he explains it in verse 24 it says when he asked him he says you know i've been on this he said why he said well And his whole thinking of God was totally false. He said, I knew you are a hard man. All the things you asked of me were really hard. Giving up my Sunday mornings, giving up my tithe, serving. Boy, this is hard. Even coming up to the front to give my heart heart to the Lord, that's hard. You know, how many struggled the first time to come up? You thought it was going to be hard. Well, sure it's hard. But you didn't realize that when you did that, the Spirit of God would come into your spirit and you'd come alive to God and all He wanna do is bless you. But you know, if you don't respond to things of God and the first thing like that's salvation. But after everything else God asks of you. It seems hard at first. It might seem seemed to sell my car. What do we gotta get around on? Hitchhik or something, you know? You know? It's it seems hard. But all you've got to do is say, Yes, Lord, <laughs> you must know what you're doing here. But He actually kept believing, and so he stayed behind the door of blessing. He kept thinking all the time that God was mean, he takes from us, and everything you do in the Christian world is going to be difficult. And he stayed hidden in that place with all his stupid beliefs that were wrong beliefs. Because he hadn't taken hold of what God was really trying to say to him. And God's trying to give us lots of promises. But some of us are still struggling, thinking, I don't know if I can go there, it's a bit hard. Say do it because all you're going to do is do it and then you'll open a door and God's blessing will flood into your life but it does require one believing what he says to do that it is him he is speaking to you and he wants you to do it and then actually acting on it and then all you'll receive is a whole freedom in your life that you didn't have before so um why do we get wrong thinking you're a hard man you take from us and then he became very fault finding and then he justified why he was like this and this is the same pattern people can do today. If you don't respond, you become, you know, you're thinking about God as all crooked. Um, you think that He's going to take from you and, and just leave you impoverished. And you think that, um, well, really, it's, um, you know, and you start criticizing other people that are extravagant, or criticizing like they criticize the woman that just poured out her love over Jesus' feet. Say, That's a bit extravagant. You're going a bit extreme here, you know. And they, and they start criticizing others that are wholeheartedly serving the Lord, and then you justify why you where you are. So, um, and this is just like Adam did in the garden. You remember when Adam was aware of his sin and shame, he hid. And there's two things he hid behind. First of all, was fig leaves, and then he hid amongst the trees of the garden. And we're the same now. The fig leaves are things which we beliefs that we take, which will help us stay where we are. And um, and one of them is, is just unbelief You don't want to believe what God's saying You actually would rather believe That you're not good enough Or that um, people won't like you Or you'll get hurt Or you'll look silly And, and you hang on to your, your belief Which has probably been there a long time So you've got this big struggle Am I going to keep believing What I've been believing a long time Or am I going to take a big step And believe what God says And I think a lot of us have actually got hidden beliefs. And I think right now, including me, God is uncovering all these hidden beliefs. How many have found God's showing you some of your hidden beliefs? Oh, how many found that it's a lie you've believed a long, long time? Oh, so you've come into agreement with lies. That's what you've actually done. You've come into agreement with lies. You know what the Bible says in Isaiah 28? If you come into agreement with those lies, you know what you're going to reap? You're going to reap death and hell. You might still keep believing for a long time that I'm not good enough. I could never do that. People will think I'm silly, and so you'll end up lonely because death means isolation and loneliness. You'll be um, tormented and constantly under pressure, and uh, you because you've agreed with lies. And how many have hung on to your opinion? See, unbelief. Is really also that I'd rather believe what I think rather than what God says I know that if I handle my whole money right and Then um, it'll, it'll just go round. And God says no you take the first tenth to me And then you'll get a blessing on it But you'd rather hang on to the fact No I've got a good budget, it works And I'm I'm going to hang on to what I believe And and so basically you're putting your opinion above God's opinion Because God's opinion doesn't make sense to you And God's opinion never makes sense to you Because there's things that God are like that he just drops in crazy things. But if you line it up with the word of God and said, well, that is how God teaches us, then you've got a choice. Am I going to embrace this new belief and step into blessing, or am I going to lift my own opinions that I've had for a long time and uh, stay there, which is really pride. Pride is in two ways. One is you get an overestimation of yourself. You actually think your opinion is better than God's, really. So you choose to believe your own opinion. Or you underestimate yourself and think, oh, I can never do that, I'm nobody, and da 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 But you've got to say, what does God say? He says, you're not a nobody. He says, I created you, and I put stuff in you, and I love you, and I accept you, and, and you're not agreeing with what I'm saying. So another way we've got to struggle. And this is the struggle we've got to deal with to get out of hiding. We've actually got to face, this is the pattern. Okay, you get silly beliefs, and they're rooted either in pride or unbelief, and then a lot around those come fear, because you either fear you won't be good enough, or people won't like you, or you might get hurt, you might look silly, and all sorts of fears come in. Now, at that point, the Bible says you've actually fallen from grace. You've actually stepped out from drawing on God's flow of life into trying to look after yourself. And and this is this is where we get caught. We actually start to protect ourselves and look after ourselves and keep ourselves safe. But what we're doing is actually stepping away then from God's provision. And it's exactly what Adam was in. He was in this place of hiding. He had all his leaves, But God was saying, hey, look, I've made provision for this. And even there he pointed to the cross. He said, you don't need those figlies. You need bloodshed. You need the cross. And he shed an animal as a picture of the cross. And with the skins of the shed animal, he covered his, his sin and shame. It's exactly the same with us. We don't have to hide our sin and shame. We just have to say, Jesus, I need you so much because I hate this thing. He said, that's okay. All you've got to do is reach out, and I'll make provision for that. I'll cover that with my blood. I'll provide for that. um, That's why I went to the cross, so I can deal with that part of your life. I know you've got that mixture of good and bad in there. But I can deal with the bad thing if you just reach out and allow my blood and my cross and what I did there to make provision for it. And then we can start to cultivate and grow and bring forth the good things that are in our lives. So I believe God is really working on the hiding patterns. And see, the thing that comes with hiding is kingdom subtraction. Now, what happens, what you have, you lose if you're going to stay on hiding. It's actually a big price you pay. You lose it. What gets taken from you. You don't, you don't even get to keep what he gave you. You actually lose it. You might have had a tremendous prophetic gift. Okay, you've been hiding. You've got scared. You'd rather keep it to yourself. You'd rather not step out because people might think you're silly. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And after a while, you find you just even can't move in it anymore. It got taken from you. And uh, you go backwards. It's a huge loss. You'll find you'll get a loss of connection. You'll come into isolation and death. The flow of God's grace on your life. You'll, you'll frustrate that You'll stop it happening You won't even be drawing God's grace around your life And then you realise that it's actually God's grace around your life That gives you life It gives you vitality It gives you health It gives you strength It gives you what 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 gives you life And when you stop drawing on that That goes And then the next generation start thinking like you They get critical And they get all wrapped up in themselves And worship themselves And if that's not enough As Doug was saying today It just gets worse and worse and worse In in eternity, you're going to think, wow, I could have been part of all this, reigning with Christ for a thousand years, and now I've got to just wait locked up thinking, I could have been there. Wow, what a price to pay by staying in hiding. Huge loss. And and also, God's response to us, He's actually not happy. He doesn't say, I understand, I knew you had a few, you know, nasty experiences, so I understand. He actually isn't like that at all to a Christian who's stayed in hiding and, and protected themselves and wrapped up in them themselves. He says, for a start, he said, you're a wicked person. In fact, having you in the church was a bad thing because you're a bad influence in the place. When everybody was running around saying, who can we get to go to the um, showgrounds next weekend and start inviting their friends? You said, oh, what are you doing that for? I'm not doing that. And you just pour cold water on everything. Because you don't believe God can touch this city, because you're still looking after number one, before you'd still rather do your garden that day or do something silly that's nothing to do with what God's doing, you're actually going to put cold water on those that are doing it. So you're actually a pain. You're actually better out of the place. So that's what you're like. The word wicked means you're a negative influence. And he says, you're lazy. Heck, it's like having a grown-up kid. You've invested into them, you've grown them, you've invested in their education, and they're sitting around home. I can't move doing anything. Like, what a lazy brat. Why don't you get up and do something with what I've given you? I mean, who's been rebuked by God? I mean, when God really rebukes you, he can use strong language, and he can jolt you out of your what you thought was actually okay. He's actually not okay. He doesn't like it at all because God likes faith. So he says you're lazy and you're wicked He said the least you could do If you don't think you've got much The least you could do, listen to this He said you could at least submit what you've been given To someone who knows what to do with it You could at least go to Kate and say Well you know how to get people singing So I'll join your choir Because she knows what to do with it She could go to the junior church and say I don't think I'm much good with kids But here I, here's, here's me And they'll know how to make you do something with it so that he says, at least join a team and someone else over you will draw out of you what's in you. So that's that's the least you can do. But actually, he loves initiative. He actually want, loves it when you get an idea. I should invite that neighbor over before we go to the Sunday thing. They could have lunch with us or breakfast with us and we'll all go together. And that's a God initiative. Or maybe when it comes to Christmas production, we'll get these people around for a barbecue team. We'll all go together. See, that's what God wants initiative and taking risks, stepping out and putting to use what God's given you. So I have to stop now. Time is, is gone, but I believe he's he has been uncovering lies. He's, been, he's also been uncovering offenses. He's been uncovering lots of things in hearts that actually keep us in hiding with our talent. And it's time we came out of hiding. It's time we repented of those lies. It's time we faced the truth. It's time we agree with God's word and step out in it. Amen? So, um, because he wants us flowing in the life of the Spirit. You either live a life of the flesh, where you just look after number one, it's all about you, and you just lift, you miss out so much, or you step into the flow of God's Spirit, agree with God, tap into God's resources, and who knows where God will take you. If you're productive, he'll give you more and more and more, and you'll find yourself growing in your influence and ability because all he wants is a response. So um, there's two things I want to do now. I really want to um, see if there's anybody here who's never yet actually responded to God at all. You might still say, God's a hard man, and if I come anywhere near him, he's going to tell me how wicked I am, so I'm going to keep as far away from him as I can, because I really think he's a horrible big judge, and when I come near he's going to beat me with a stick, (laughs) because the good news is true, like Doug, we have sin. but the better news is he's made provision for us. We don't have to say like Adam, hiding from God, hiding even relationally, hiding amongst the trees, hiding in your work, hiding in your hobby, hiding in anything that keeps you away from people and what God wants to do with you. All he says, if you come near, if you come near to me and just confess and agree with me that your sin is there and receive my provision, you'll actually open a door in your life to life. You'll step out of darkness and bondage and isolation into life. And that will be the doorway to a lot more. So is anybody here today who's never yet even responded to the Lord and you'd like to step into a flow of living in the life of the Spirit? I'd love you just to um, put your hand up maybe if you're here today and, uh, and respond today. Open that door. He has made provision. He knows we've sinned. But the better news is is that I made provision to cover it. I went to the cross. I took your sin. I took your shame. I took your pain. And I can cover that today and put it right out of sight. Anybody today? Maybe at the end, if you still feel that you'd like prayer in that area, come up to the front. But I believe there's others that need today that we need to um, become aware that we've been pulling back and hiding. Um, You've been keeping yourself safe and God doesn't want you to keep yourself safe because actually he can do a much better job (laughs) but if you don't know God can it's all you've got is keep yourself safe you build a wall you go into a hiding and the wall is things around your heart that hide but you're behind that wall you're in your own prison you're isolated and alone and he wants to bring you out because he's made provision for you and you don't have to keep yourself safe any longer and, he wants, um, and you've actually stepped out of his grace. You've fallen from grace and you've tried now to look after yourself. He wants you to get back and receive God's grace. Receive God's ability and, uh, and, and to come out of that place of being, keeping yourself safe. If you've, if you've recognized that you've actually been, had pride in that your own opinions, you've, you've held above God's word. You don't really want to believe God's word because you'd rather believe what you think because you've had it a long time and somehow it's comfortable with you. We've got to repent of that. Humility means I'm prepared to yield to what the word of God says and, and respond to that. If there's um, unbelief, uh, it's just refusing to take hold of these things or agreeing with the lies of the enemy, we've got to break those agreements from agreeing with the enemy and, and start agreeing with God. And, uh, and then receive forgiveness receive his acceptance receive his grace and get a fresh start because I believe many here God wants to give a fresh start to you you've, you've been hiding long enough now he wants to bring you out and uh, you need to receive his grace you need to acknowledge that I've, I've been holding on to these things for too long but it's time now I, I put what God's put in my life to use so maybe I'll just lead you through a prayer you would like to pray this prayer pray it in your heart Lord Jesus, I, I acknowledge that I've pulled back. I've, I've pulled back and I've been in hiding. I've, um, I've been keeping myself safe and, and uh, not putting what you put in my life to use. I've fallen from grace and I've turned to, to works of the flesh. I've, I've put my talent in the earth and I've used my own ability to, 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 um, to entertain myself. And I've I pitted my pride and my own opinions. I've lifted my opinions above your word. I've, I've had unbelief. I've, um, I've, I've just refused to accept the word of God. And I've agreed with the lies of the enemy. And Lord, I just now want you to uncover these lies. I give you invitation, Holy Spirit, to uncover in me lies that have held me in a place of hiding. Even this week, I pray that you'll bring up to the surface... And uncover these lies, just like you're uncovering things in the city. And I receive, Lord, I receive forgiveness for my shame and my sin. I receive acceptance. I thank you that you totally accept me. And I can walk in your love and favor. I thank you for your grace. I receive your grace. I just want a fresh start, Lord. I I want to come out of, of having my talent hidden. I want to step out and get into the flow of living a life in the Spirit. Lord, I just surrender myself afresh to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm not having a a general article for that because I believe God's on many people. And I believe if you're not aware of the lies, ask God to show you. Ask God to uncover them. Ask God to blow upon your garden and see what what will come up and then start to respond and deal with it because he wants each one of us active, participating, and wants to find out what's stopping you. Amen. So maybe we can have a song now. And if you'd like prayer, if you'd like prayer to give your heart to the Lord or prayer for a particular area today, just feel free to come up the front.